The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. You will probably have seen um, Britain making the move to ship asylum seekers to Rwanda. If you haven't seen it, the sort of um, Cliff's Notes version of it goes there was a flight due to leave this week where asylum seekers who had made it in many cases all the way across the continent of Europe travelled across the English Channel in small boats made it to the UK seeking asylum and refuge were told that they would be put on a chartered jet and flown to Rwanda where they would be processed now uh, legal, ap- uh, legal objections meant that uh, the flight was far from full when it was due to depart and eventually it was whittled down to only I think about seven people who were about to get on board and further legal objections meant that the flight ended up empty and the chartered jet was sent back to Spain. Apparently it cost the UK government something in the region of half a million quid to bring over this flight that never left. The policy remains in place though and the plan is that Britain will soon move to shipping asylum seekers to Rwanda. This is not the first time that Britain has gotten involved in the transport of people as a way to solve various different problems, some of them uh, to do with immigration, some of them to do with criminality. And I'm joined by Lisa Shuster, who is Reader in Sociology at the School of Policy and Global Affairs at City University London. Lisa, when did the UK first get into the business of transporting people? Ah, well, they've been transporting people for centuries, um, whether it was petty criminals, uh, people who had uncomfortable opinions would be transported off to Australia um, or other colonies. But deportation as an instrument of migration control really became part of the government's arsenal in the 1990s, so at the end of the 20th century. And in the original instance when it was done uh, to the, the colonies as then were in Australia and America, it was seen as a more lenient penalty, isn't that right? Um, yes, uh, it could be an, an alternative to the death penalty or to a long prison sentence. And British uh, citizens, and it's important to remember that the people they were deporting at that stage were British citizens, were told that they would have a chance to purge their crime and to rebuild a new life. And it was assumed that this good, strong, white stock was exactly what was needed to populate and to govern the new colonies. So does that mean that the expectation was back in the day that if you went to Van Diemen's Land or Australia or Barbados or America, even once your time of transportation was purged, it was a one-way ticket, you weren't coming back? Uh, You could come back, but it was assumed that you would stay on. It was assumed that with one white overseer and, say, approximately nine black workers, that you could make the land really productive. And so the hope uh, was that you would render the colony very productive and thereby contribute to the wealth of the imperial centre. When did that punishment come off the statute books? That's a really good question. Um, I can't give you an exact date, but I can say that it it changed and it was modified and it continued right up until the 60s or 70s, not so much for criminals, but uh, you saw children being shipped out to Australia to be fostered by families. So these would be um, troublemaking children, children who didn't do what they were told, orphans, etc. And the idea was that they would... um, provide strong arms and that they would strengthen, again, 
the white and, and, and when you say in the 60s, 1860s or 1960s? No, no, 1960s. 1960s. There's been, uh, yeah, there has been, um, I mean, this is not my area. My area is, is contemporary deportation. But there have been a number of um, cases in Australia where uh, those children who have grown up have taken uh, or are trying to take cases against the British government um, for shipping them out. You mentioned contemporary deportation and you, you talked about the 1990s being the point at which it became a, a solution to uh, immigration control or one part of the solution to immigration control. How did it come back into usage for that purpose? So the important thing to remember is that um, we're talking about two different populations, but in both cases, they were populations that are regarded instrumentally. So when British citizens were being shipped out, it was the working or criminal classes. Um, When the elites went out, it was quite different. There was no element of coercion. When we look at deportation, The UK government in 1905 introduced a law that was specifically designed to prevent the arrival of very poor or Jewish migrants. Um, This was the 1905 uh, Immigrant uh, Migration Act. And the idea was that um, anybody who arrived in steerage class could be asked for documents on arrival and if the authorities, the British authorities on arrival decided that these people were undesirable, either because they were Jewish or because they were poor, the ship's captain would be forced to take them back. And that was the origin of what's become known as Carrier's Liability Act, which is where transport companies are fined if they are found to have transported people with inadequate or no documentation. So that was 1905. That law was never actually implemented because shortly after it was passed, there was a change in government and the new Liberal government at the time um, didn't implement it. But it was very much passed in response to the arrival of Jewish people following pogroms in Russia and Eastern Europe. And of course, one of the, the, the main objections at the moment, or roots of objections through the, the uh, European courts, and this has started the entire uh, culture war again as to um, whether or not Europe, even if it's not EU, should have an influence in, in British policy. Briefly, Lisa, and uh, even in a word, do you think you are, we will see full flights to Rwanda actually commence? That is the intention, but then... The British government has been trying for years to deport, for example, foreign national criminals to Jamaica and to other countries. You also saw the attempt with the Windrush to deport undocumented migrants. And it hasn't been successful, but what I can say is it has caused huge trauma. It has seen people um, lose jobs, lose their homes. It has seen families split up. It is an extraordinarily cruel and brutal policy and one that definitely needs to be defeated. Hopefully there will be a change of government and possibly a change of policy, but I'm not optimistic. Lisa, forgive me, time is against us. We will watch this space. Lisa Shuster, who is Reader in Sociology at the History, or rather at the School of Policy and Global Affairs at City University London. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.